Welcome back to the DMC podcast, episode 38. And today we're joined by Edward Alonteng, also known more by his moniker, Apollo Stark. Edward is a politics student at the University of Covington, and his music weaves an intricate message of social progression and culture layered between amazing positive sounds. Thank you, Ed, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, bro. Oh, Joseph, it's been a minute, man. Thank it's been you, a while. Man. It's been a while, man. But yeah, it's great to have you on here. I'm, I'm very excited. And, I, you know, I popped up some my Instagram lives and I just saw you talk about some interesting things. So I was like, you know what? It would be interesting and hopefully insightful to have Edward on, on the podcast. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Edward. And I just want to start off straight away because Joseph mentioned by your name, Apollo Stark, you're into music. So how did you get into music? What's your backstory behind that? Um, thanks, bro. Uh, where did it even start? I think for me, music's always been a funny thing. I think growing up, like it's never been a thing of, oh, I've always been, you know, I've never been like musically inclined in the sense of, oh, I, I did this, I did this, I did this, or my parents were this. Um, I've grown up with music around me, and I mean, both in the traditional sense, you know, like whether it's jazz, classical, rock, you name it. But it's also been like, for me, music goes beyond like the orthodox in the sense where like, if it's been like voices and different sounds and different tones, my, my life has always been music. And um, I think in regards to me doing it, it was kind of funny because in secondary school, like I would always be that guy that, you know, when we used to have like freestyle circles in the middle of the playground, and you got everyone like freestyling, freestyling. I'd always be the one who kills it. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it was kind of funny. <laughs> I can and see I think, that. I can see that. You know, literally, bro, like I had no form of, like I can't, I can't even dance, you know. So I had no form of rhythm. <laughs> or at least I thought that I didn't. So when I came to sixth form, um, this was like year 12. And I think Migos just dropped Culture One. And everyone was trying to do like a Migos inspired type of thing. And we, um, me and like two of friends, um, Joseph, you might remember Rashida and Alex. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We decided to do like because you said do rap battles <laughs> in the in one of the classrooms. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because I lost, I lost them. <laughs> no way. And I used to lose the rap battles, man. And so literally, um, we decided to write a song, and we were writing a song. Like we're writing it, we're writing it, we're writing it. And then I showed like my verse to my girl. And my girl was like, Oh, like this is good. And they're like, why do you continue writing a song? I said, Oh, okay. So I actually took the time and I wrote a song around this particular beat. And then for the next couple of weeks, I would literally call people and I'd just be I'd just literally be spitting on the phone that exact same song to different people. Oh my god, guys, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I think the time eventually came when um I I was on the phone to a friend and she used to work within radio. So she actually was like, yo, like, let me take you on and be your manager, et cetera, et cetera. Um, from there, it was a situation of, okay, cool. Like, this is actually happening. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Obviously, from there, there were a few hiccups along the road, you know, a couple of doubts, et cetera, et cetera. And unfortunately, I did kind of get tossed aside. Like, this is no disrespect to her, because without her, I wouldn't be doing it, in a sense. But mm -hmm. it definitely took a hard left. But then I think, kind of rising out of that storm, to keep it brief, it was like, yeah, like, I have to, this music thing, yeah, man, I'm kind of in it for the long road. But not necessarily because of the, the cash 
or the or the ladies that come with it or the space. It's it's more of a sense of um experience and perspective. But that's kind of how I started out. Bro. Yeah, yeah, man. And and listening to that, it's just great because you talk about different people along the way that really contributed to your journey into music and. Uh, in terms of, in particular, your two mates, Rashid and Alex, if I remember correctly, and your yeah. girl, how important were these people to kind of galvanize you and help you move in that kind of direction? You just mentioned there that you sent a bar to your girl and she was like, that's really good, you should start looking into music. Was that kind of where you thought, where the click happened, where it was like, okay, I've been doing these rap battles, this, this people have been telling me my bars are really good and that maybe I can take you to that next step? Yeah, definitely, bro. I think, again, like, I, I, I'm really all about community. And it was the community that really helped to refine me in that sense, bro. So yeah, I definitely agree with you, man. Yeah, and you know, you obviously make such you know re- easy listen tunes, you know, nothing too, you know, um sounding too somber, but you also put across quite a a positive social message. So what inspired you to utilize music as the means to advocate a social progression message? That's a good question, bro. Um I think again, like, hmm. I was having a conversation with one of my bros about this, and it was like music. Hmm. I think what kind of, again, it kind of goes back to sharing the story and telling the story, and the idea that it, like, as human beings, we have different, unique experiences. And yes, they can be somber, but they can equally be positive, you know, and the fact that we have the ability to, to create and we all these different adventures. Like, I think for me, that's where it kind of kind of stemmed from. And I think looking back at my mindset, then I was like, yeah, like I really want to tell stories. I really want to inspire people. I want to evoke emotion in people. But I want it to be of a thing where like, you're not necessarily going to be listening to my music in a club with speakers. I'm trying to make music, you know, for, for the kids that, yeah, like you could put me in your earphones on like a, on a summer afternoon or, you're on your way home from school, you're on the bus, you know, trying to make it for them kids out are, are often put in the corner, you know, that aren't necessarily, I don't know, not like social pariahs, but kind of like the outcasts, you get me? So, yeah, that's kind of where that kind of stems from, in regards to like a positive message. Yeah, I get you, man, I get you. And so as, as obviously the movement grows and Black Lives Matter becomes more prevalent in all of our lives, when rightfully so, is there anything you're doing differently in terms of spreading a message and educating others? Because times have massively changed since 2016, 2017, when you first put out your first track on the mainstream. Um, yeah, is there anything you're doing differently in terms of spreading that message and weaving things into your music? Um, that's an bro, another good question, man. <laughs> Legit. Uh, I think from then to now, I've definitely been doing more of um, creating spaces to discuss, to talk and share experience. Because I remember like, as a kid, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I wanna, I wanna spread the message. But it's like, and that's cool and all, but I think equally what's kind of helped me as I've grown is I've listened, I listen a lot more now. And I feel like listening and creating spaces where other people can listen and contribute is important. And I feel like that's done. And because and I feel like, and obviously we'll come to that question in a bit, there's a sort of idea that I've grown to fall in love with, and that is communalism. You know, and it's in the sense of, um, I am, all right, let me take it back. So, um, you guys are familiar with the Three Musketeers and um, Alexander Dumas, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, Dumas' parentage, I mean, his granddad, like obviously, um, obviously, his friend, 
but his um granddad was like an African, and there's this um African philosophy, um, or some people call it Ubuntu, but um, it basically translates to um, I am because we are, and we are because I am, you know, one for all, all for one, and that communalist message in the sense where yo like my me as an individual, my agency is important, but equally my contributions to society are as well, and so that's kind of where that's kind of come from. So now in things that I do, I try to make sure that I listen as much as I do input and also create platforms where that discussion and discourse can be happening, whether that's locally, globally, you know, cross-continentally, like it's happening. And so, yeah, like away from the music, I've just been trying to create spaces, you know, I've been trying to get involved in spaces, you know, I've been trying to, um, even with the music, coming up, you know, investing more in the spoken word side of things and seeing what that kind of looks like. But then also, um, there was a, I think not this summer, but a couple summers ago, um, I was on a, they did a documentary on a bit of my life. Um, it's called Outside the Comfort Zone. And I was kind of exploring my, my, my story in the sense of me like migrating back to the UK for when I got sent to Ghana. You know, even that, that's crazy. That's a whole different platform of sharing a message, you know, and, and enriching people. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been like, yo, let me look at how I can, how can we change up the way that the story has been put out. So yeah, man, hopefully it'll answer your question. Yeah, and just adding on to what you mentioned, it seems like when you did music, you kind of found your voice and you understood the importance of your voice. Would you agree with that? What's your thoughts on like music and its meaning and how you've been able to translate that kind of meaning into a more positive output for other people? I think music is spiritual, man. Don't let anyone tell you different. Um, and I feel like, again, being able as an artist, being able to go beyond the labels and go beyond the oh, release dates and did it, and you and you kind of realize what's really behind it, and the fact that you can utilize yourself as a vessel for a greater meaning. That's where like that kind that kind of thing for me comes from. Like yo, like the music goes beyond this. It's a lot more than that. It's almost like a duty to an extent, you know. But again, like music is every like it doesn't have to be again just about putting laying down beats on this and that it could be any it could even us speaking right now and having this conversation is music bro you feel me so yeah yeah when when did that light bulb kind of flicker on because for many people i feel like they they don't understand the impact of what they say or potentially feel like what they're doing isn't really contributing to that bigger picture but that philosophy you mentioned earlier i feel like lots of people could have that if they had that a bit earlier on in life it'd make things a bit more like they'd move towards being positive for the people around them and then it would come back to them definitely but when did that happen for you when did you kind of decide or feel like this is the path i'm i'm going to choose and this is the path that feels right for me Mm. um i feel like that came quite it was like in the middle of sixth form i think my whole community because i've always been about communities and that's kind of when that happened but then it took further again refining and I kind of adopted this proper philosophy like yeah. last year bro like properly like last year man you know I'd missed all the um adversity that took place that's kind of where I sharpened this idea and this philosophy man yeah that makes sense and it may even though it may have taken you know you initially realized it perhaps in 2018 or whenever and then it only came to you properly in 2020 when it got fully embedded in you 
But um, I, I remember seeing initial strides about this being made when you first came out with your song Sage and you were known by a different moniker. I think it was Bakes, I think it was. <laughs> um, and I remember I was like, wait, which one's the artist name? Which one's the song name? I was kind of confused, but yeah. nonetheless, it, I was blown away by, you know, how you the production value, but also by the lyrics. And you mentioned the importance of a positive mindset at one point, but one lyric in particular stands out to me. I was wondering if you could break it down for us a little bit and speak to something greater than just the lyric, if that's all right with you. Of course, bro. So, um, what, yeah, what, what stood out to me was as long as we're being judged not on mind but on footwear. And that, to me, I heard that and I was like, shit, man, that's so true. And if you could, you know, perhaps, you know, talk about this a little bit more and where that stems from and where you think it's, why you think it's such an impactful lyric to so many people. I feel like this is a very crazy thing about my music, isn't it? Um, I feel like a lot of the times, yeah, I don't know, it's crazy. It's what I'm saying, that music goes beyond the realms of the physical, man. Like, um, because even that lyric, when I wrote it, it was um, personas being judged not on mind but on footwear. You get me? And it's like, even that, that line to so many different people sounds so differently and it means so many different things, you know? Um, but, in regards to that line, the intention behind it initially was, oh, like nowadays personalities are not being judged on the, the quality of their thoughts and their expressions, but what they wear. And it's like, that's crazy because 16 year old, 17 year old me looking at it was like, yo, damn, like people, you can't even, we don't allow ourselves to have the conversation because we're already judging from the outside. But then it's like, 20 year old me now looking at that lyric because I'm saying like music tends to transcend through time and the objective that I try and have is to make sure that my music has longevity so when I write stuff it's crazy because I could be talking to myself in the future man I'm not trying to sound crazy but that's literally it you know like, <laughs> no I get you you know I could say something then and then they were just clicking me now like damn you know that's the additional meaning so it's kind of interesting that you picked up on that lyric bro like I feel like in some way we need to we need to be judged um, not even that we don't even need to be judged you know, I feel like in some ways we need to allow for that additional discernment in the sense of yo let me not just judge someone because of oh this is what they're wearing this is what and then in, in, equally like let me not just judge someone let me not judge period you know let me take the time to take someone in because some on the on one hand you know you might meet someone in a, in a debate or something and they're saying this and you've already reserved judgment when in reality mm -hmm. you guys can be more similar than you think you feel me? So it kind of, in some ways, it goes both ways. It's like, yo, let me not just judge someone because of what they're wearing or let me not just judge someone based on what they're saying initially. Let me take the time to take them in and take in their character. You know, but yeah, that's an interesting lyric. You know, I need to, me and myself, I have to go back to listen to it, man. Yeah, man. And so just at the end, you actually mentioned not judging on what someone initially says. And I want to talk a little bit now about something I've mentioned before on the podcast. And I didn't mention you by name in this, um, this encounter. But back in 2016, when the Black Lives Matter movement was taken off and a lot of traction was behind it, I personally was confused by the distaste for the phrase all lives matter. I was like, yo, why is it such a bad thing? And instead of you judging me for it and thinking, oh man, Joseph's such a racist or Joseph's in the wrong, you were the one who took me aside and took the time to educate me and explain to me in such a, a heartwarming and understanding way and you took the time and explained to me and then that completely changed my view on it. But, you know, I wanted to ask how come and 
how come you decided you know what this person probably has it all wrong they probably don't realize what it means or something like that and you took the time to educate and have there been any other times that you've been able to educate others in a similar way you know you haven't acted rashly you haven't thought oh my god he's such a racist or he's just so stupid but you thought this person is just simply doesn't know yet they haven't been taught this are there any times you can you know talk about that because that to me as a memory sticks out so much and it made such an impact on just how well you handled the situation that's love bro <laughs> legit that's love man and um i guess <clears throat> looking back at it we all didn't know bro you know we we all didn't know and i feel like in that moment i could look past the confusion i could see <clears throat> i could see the intention behind why you asked that and why you wanted to know because obviously for me like now there's def there's definitely like a difference of how i would explain humanity to people and how we would break down a phrase that at the time and even right now this is where like we've kind of moved away from the whole blm thing like at the time it didn't make sense to a lot of people and i knew your heart bro i knew yo like girls not trying to come on the thing of oh what is it and the fact that I need to thank you, bro, because the fact that you decided to take me in and listen to what I had to say when you could have been like, no, 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 the guy's wasting off. You know, that means a lot as well, bro, because it's like now we opened the branch and, and it's kind of the impact behind our conversation. Again, we would like, look at us now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, how for sure. How that's changed perspective, you know. So that's kind of where I sit on it with that, bro. Like, I, I don't know, I think for me it was about intention and your intentions behind why you asked that, bro, you know. Yeah, I just want to move the conversation a little bit in a different direction. And it's kind of similar to what you're mentioning about how you educate Joseph, like you were sharing a message to him and you explained to him and uh, showing him like what he may have not understood, but has now got a better grasp of. And similar with music, when you're sharing that message, do you feel like it has to be done a certain way, where it's more positive sounding, like in this track you made, All Conflicts Aside? Or do you feel like it has more of an impact when it's more somber? Mm. I feel like it can go either way, you know, bro. Again, like, music is just like a canvas. You know, like I'm saying, it's about human experience. And that can appear in so many different ways. Like, it could be positive and negative. It could just be negative. It could be positive. And I feel like, again, it kind of... Mm, I don't know. I feel like, depending on how you evoke it, that's what matters, like, for me, like, before I used to be like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm trying to write like this to do this. And my mentor pointed it out to me, like, he loved that. He said, Sage was cool. But even for me, like, when people say they like Sage, like, I kind of laugh a bit because I understand and I love Sage. Like, Sage has a special place in my heart. But even me looking back at it, it was a bit manufactured. Not in the sense of, oh, I didn't mean what I was saying because I did, but I didn't allow myself to channel the true vulnerabilities behind myself and I feel like being an artist or even being a human being a lot of the time when you're able to show your vulnerability it goes a long way and um so that's why like in Indigo for example Indigo takes a, a slightly different turn to Sage but Indigo is like what the sequel to Sage you know what I'm saying so it's like it I think it's effective to just again allow yourself to when you're I'm not saying obviously come on a track and just spit out everything but when you take the time to do some What's the best way to, to describe it? I think when you take the time to really channel you, it comes out beautiful, whether that is somber, whether that is progressive, because in a way, the interpretations behind the sound could be mad. 
because in some way you could write something that's somber but could be extremely healing to one person. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's like, I've listened to some sad songs 100%, but if they really do something to you and change your mood and they make you feel more like at ease with yourself. And I definitely see that. And you're completely right about music, how there's so many different interpretations on that kind of uh, music track that you put out. Lots of people like it for one reason. Lots of people like it for another reason. And potentially people get different messages from the music that you produce, which might not initially be the message that you were thinking about putting out. And just going about talking about music in general, which kind of artists kind of inspired you or gave you some inspiration to produce the music that you've been able to produce over the years? Mm. Um, mm, I'd have to say like people like Little Sims, um, Professor Green, and even Professor Green was funny because I only really did it the other day like, yo, this guy's impact because the way that Professor Green was so whimsical with his stuff, like shit, I don't know why they put credit on, but yeah, like Dave, Little Sims, Professor Green, um, obviously Tupac, um, definitely, man. Because again, like, obviously, I'm not saying, like, when we talk about the Tupac Biggie thing, if we're talking like technicalities, obviously Biggie in the sense of the way this guy would just weave stuff together. But when we're talking about like stories and again, showcasing humanity, because for me, in terms of my music, it's trying to come at it from that level. I feel like Tupac does that beautifully. You know, being able to tell a story in a way that they like these people that I've listed, the way that they do tell stories, yeah. something that really touches me. But then also, additionally, um, Kanye, you know, like I, I love Kanye differently. And again, the way that he, his artistic journey, what he does, his prose is just, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. So yeah, definitely those guys. Yeah, I can definitely speak to the impact of Tupac because there's songs that immediately come to mind like uh, Staring at the World from a Review and Changes and all these songs that just weave such an interesting story as well as sounding like really good tracks you can listen to on repeat, which then gives you the message on repeat and it's really interesting. But I just wanted to, to move a little bit more towards another venture that you've been a part of. So for the uninitiated, what is A Tribe Named Athari? or Atari, I don't know I'm pronouncing it, if I'm doing it right or not, but right, appreciate it, man. Yeah, trying to Atari, why is their work so important in today's world and their message that they're trying to give? Mm. So um, a tribe named Atari is essentially a, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so around the time, I'll make it quick. Um, around the time, during the summer when everything's happening, um, what happened, what happened? I think, like, me and a couple of group of friends, like, we... When the whole thing, when um, George Floyd was executed, it was kind of funny because um, is it okay if I kind of just give some origin story quick behind it? Of course, man. Of course. I would love to hear it. It gives, it gives some more uh, depth <laughs> to, the, to the listeners. Please do. Please do. Um, literally, like, because I remember, I think COVID was happening. We had to, we all got, we all got sent back home. And I wanted to detox from the world for a bit. And I remember because of that, when um, Brother Ahmad got um, executed and everything was happening with Breonna, um, I purposely was like, nah, I can't, I can't do, I can't do another, another video, I can't do another, no, I can't, you know, I couldn't, and so I, I kind of stayed away from everything, I was kind of closed off from everyone and the world, um, just to kind of recuperate, but then I think my boy sent me the vid, but I didn't even clock, like I went on a DM after and I was like, shit, here I am. And the indignation that arose in my spirit, boom, I was pissed. I was pissed. And I remember like me and some friends were like, no, no, no. 
Like we have to go to the American Embassy now. We have to have a sitting now. Like we were like, yo, like this gonna happen. And I remember, <laughs> I remember putting on my Instagram story like, yo, people, like, listen, if you're about it, do you have me now? You know, I was crazy, man. And um, but then we were kind of like, you know, my sister, we were like, um, let's let's take it back. Let's let's apply some strategy here because one, we're in a global pandemic, you know, and it's killing the community more than ever. And it's killing the community, not necessarily on a biological sense, but the institutional factors that encompass it, you know. So we're like, yo, let's let's chill and let's apply some strategy to it. So we're like, right, cool, we're gonna relax a bit, we're gonna take it back and, and see how can we tackle this properly. I think a couple of days later, <laughs> that's when everything popped off and there were protests all over the city of London and around the country. And we kind of noticed that um there were like misinformation. A lot of people hadn't been kind of guided in the sense of how to do the protest. There wasn't much strategy being applied. So we're like, yo, let's let's get behind something. So then that's when we made the page LD and BLM. And we were an information and facilitation hub. And so a lot for a lot of the protests that kind of happened, we kind of helped to facilitate it. So we would obviously run Know Your Rights workshops um, on Zoom. We had like hundreds of people in there, so they knew their rights and they knew what to do. We, we would we would organize legal observers for the different protests that would happen. We, we were running supply lines across the city. Like we would, like for the people that couldn't attend, you know, we would have like, how do I explain it? We had like this system where we would go and pick up supplies and take it on to the protests, leave it there, whether that was war, you know, stickers, anything you name it, I got sent there. You know, when, when stuff would go wrong, we'd make sure that there were legal observers there to help out with everything that was kind of going down. And again, like, even when it comes to sharing posts, we'd make sure that we would speak to the different organizers, vet them, and make sure things were good. But I think a time came at a point where we kind of became disillusioned to the whole Black Lives Matter and what that statement means. And the and even a lot of the protests that would be happening, what was the purpose behind it? Because I have a couple of mentors, a lot of them are like former Black Panthers and stuff like that. And they were kind of like, yo, like, we don't, agree with this because where's the purpose what does it mean you guys are going out there and shouting and it's like you're kind of undermining that human expression because obviously it was it was neat it was needed it was necessary but what is the reason why are we mobilizing why are we organizing but no one could supply that people are like, oh we need to we want to make it so parliament can talk about racism but they've been talking about racism <laughs> if we're being blatantly true of ourselves they're the, the benefactors and the and the you know the perpetrators behind the animal that is racism, you know, and the fact that people were just like, yeah, yeah, like it, it didn't make any sense. So we were like, yo, like, you know, we're wounded as a community, we're wounded. Um, our traumas often commodified, put into Netflix specials and Channel Four documentaries and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and we're often shrouded in the pain and stuff. And even then, like people were wounded. And it felt like warfare, bro. If I'm being so rude with you guys, like, it felt like war. And we were like, nah, there needs to be some form of long-term sustainability behind it because it cannot, it cannot remain reactionary. It cannot just be, oh, something's happened. Boom, boom, it's got to be strategy. We have to look towards healing and sustainability. It needs to stop being about strife and struggle and pain. It needs to become about restoration. And we're like, yo, like, that's not really going to happen with this whole BLM thing. So we kind of pulled away from it. And that's when we're like, yeah, we wanted to embody a more pan-African idea. And one that is, again, of sustainability and transformative justice and healing. You know, so that's kind of where Athari came from. So obviously a tribe, um, obviously a tribe named Athari, obviously that's a call out to a tribe um, called Quest. 
and also um, Athari is impact in Swahili. And again, that's where the impact and the idea of contribution kind of come from. Like we want it to be a thing where we are able to become the tip of the spear that needs to get run through the heart of, you know, colonialism and imperialism, bro. And that's kind of where that kind of came from. So yeah, like in short, we're a Pan-African, um, Black youth-led, um, anti-colonial group organization that kind of seeks um, transformative justice, healing, and restoration. That's, that's us in a nutshell. And in terms of why our work is so integral in today's world, bro, is because we come bearing a, a message of humanism, not humanitarianism. And I think there's a, there's a big difference because with the humanist message, it's the idea that, oh, look at these systems of the past that have eradicated the market of voices that once stood, that was once there, and it's just become one monologue. It's been, you know, it's become a thing of like Western or European universalism where everything else has just been muffled, you know, it's been decimated, and it's been a thing of, you know, we have to come at things from a place of humanity. Because in the process of all this, we've had a situation where human beings have been reduced to its things, thingifications taking place. And that's crazy, man. So again, our work is surrounding around promoting that humanist message, promoting a sense of restoration. And it's not just being about breaking stuff, it's being about reconceptualizing and building and, and seeing how can we create a new world for the ones that come after us? How do we become better ancestors? Because it's like, um, we're kind of saying how like, even at the time, well, like, even if it's not our generation that does it, we have to be prepared to give the blueprint for the ones that come after us. So and they can be it. Like we like no matter what, we have to be the penultimate generation behind this thing. Because it has to it has to go, you know, and that's kind of why hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, man, that's such a well spoken answer and it really, yeah, really well defined. And it, it basically effectively you're laying the foundation potentially not even for yourselves and for the current generation but as you said laying the seeds for another generation to be able to pick up where you guys are left off like you're taking your time with it and you're thinking through methodically every action that you do to make sure that everything is done right and nothing can be held against you and when you know when everyone's time comes and they leave this earth that they've left something important and impactful and something that can make a change in this world and that's an amazing thing to hear about. So I'm so glad you spoke about that in such length. And I'm glad that you, you know, you're so well spoken with it all and everything as we knew you would be having you on here. So um, just to ask a little bit more about the general lesser known movement. So obviously, you know, everyone and many people know the Black Lives Matter movement. Everyone, a lot of people know about the new Breonna Taylor law and all these things because they're shared so much on social media but a tribe named the Dari isn't as much shared so are there any ways that young people could get more involved with lesser node movements and are there any knowledge banks that you go to in order to find out these things oh, that's a good question bro um i think off the bat i'd recommend that people um so in our on our on our page we have this thing we have our link tree and on our link tree we have like so we have different archives of information that is free for the public to go look at and read and utilize. We've got books, we've got videos, everything. That's on the link tree. I'd recommend you guys, you know, check that out. Go pre that. That's got tons of info. I think also in regards to how people can get more involved in these movements, I think, yo, um, hmm, I think definitely people should 
what's the word? I think, because I don't know, with social media, I kind of sit in the middle of it these days, but I think people can definitely get involved by attending, you know, so certain Instagram lives or attending certain conversations or, you know, um, I think in this virtual world that we're currently in, I think people, and I would encourage it, people to exercise curiosity. Like when you read something, okay, let me dig deeper. How was this achievable? How did they manage to come up with this law? What, in, what went in behind it? I remember when we look at like the whole, um, like the NSARS movement that kind of took place. Okay, who were the primary driving factors behind helping the people? Or let me go look at, um, I don't know, here's an example of a movement I can use. Uh, what's the name? Oh, it's left my mind. Hold on. Um, what's oh Jesus? <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> it's Wait. all right, man. It's all right. You got no so much. You got so much to say. Yeah. So much to say. Don't worry about it. Literally. Um, where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Like literally, even in the in the NSAR stuff, there was the youth organization revolution. Now that we're helping in regards to the anti-government things. Like I feel like it's important that we can. We get information or things are sent to us, but then we do that critical thinking and that additional sort of task of, okay, let me go and find out the context behind it. Because I think a lot of the times you often undercover the forces that took part in aiding that, if that makes sense. So even if we look at the um, the whole like ministry, what was it? The, the Department for Racial um, Inequalities that they decided to create sometime during the summer, to which I still haven't seen anything. Even if we go look at it, okay, who are the people behind that? You know what's happening in that you know i feel like there's, there's, there's a lot i feel like human beings we often like especially when we're trying to do stupidness we often in us being so arrogant we often leave the 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 keys to breaking down the evilness that we want to do if that makes sense and that can come in, in, in the form of articles it can come in the form of interviews i feel like because it's there we live in a world where like information is so rich so it comes down to us being able to again utilize a god-given agency to kind of pick apart and decipher oh What's this? How can I pick up here? What can I do here? And I think equally as well, like when people attend things, ask questions, I think it goes a long way because again, you unlock new branches. Kind of like how Joseph came to mind in 2016 and was like, bro, what is this? That unlocked a whole different branch, you know. That's why I say I literally I just say ask questions. Um, when people see stuff, like share it. Because again, through that. It's again, it goes back to the idea of communalism. I'm sharing, I'm contributing, and it's unlocking all these different pathways, bro. It's all really simple and effective, but it goes a really long way. Yeah, man. And it's um, something I've noticed with you, especially with all these stories and experiences you've mentioned, is that you're very calculated. You, you believe in longevity and timelessness, and then you really care about contribution and impact. And I just want to say, you mentioned earlier about mentors and how they played a factor into narrowing down and being more precise with the message at hand and the purpose behind the movement um can you just talk to how mentors impacted other things that you've done or perhaps like your life in general mm. i hear you bro um it's even funny i feel like my life to an extent has been an example of um passing it forward i'm passing it forward by that it's like we you know as like olders for example we do stuff and then we mentor the ones that are coming up and i feel like by having all of my elders around me, giving me different pieces of advice, encouraging me to look at things in this lens, it's really kind of helped me to be the person that I am today. Um, for example, I remember um, going on a trip to Cambridge with a, a teacher, and this teacher used to pick on me. I was like, why is this guy always on me? 
I remember on our way back, I remember someone said to me, I think we were at Cambridge, and someone was like to me, I can look at it, but I'm not going to end up there. And I was like, damn. I remember we were on our way back, and he was like, he told me to come sit at the front. I was like, oh, what's this guy on me for? Well, I came to the front, and he was like, um, like all these things, I need to again look at things in a different lens. He kind of opened my eyes to like, yo, why do you think we just do a, why do we feel like conveniently after, um, you know, that young boy on Tamir Rice was shot, that all of a sudden they started to make a whole Grammy, not even Grammys, I think it was like the Oscar controversy around that and take people's minds away from stuff. I'm not in the sense of like a conspiracy, but he opened my eyes to critically thinking and looking at things properly and gauging context behind situations, um, you know, and similarly, like, I just feel like the sort, looking back at it, it's kind of funny how different people in all the different capacities have been passing it forward to me as a youth or like as a young person and how I've managed to like manifest what they've kind of said and practice it. And so it's like, even in that sense, I, that's almost telling people, yo, people, like when we speak, let's get young people in here, man. Let's speak to them. And even to an extent, it's kind of funny because you often feel like it's just, it's, it's passing it forward downward. I think it can go both ways because even I was talking to some older people. I remember this time we were in a in a taxi cab and this guy was saying, "Oh, right, like he's he's got a family now, but he wishes he could really like get involved in the stuff." And he's upset. And I was like, "Bro, you still can like understand the power behind your voice, you know, get involved in something like damn, I never thought of it that way, but I should, you know." And it's kind of it's mad how again the way that we can contribute to our various communities can go a very long way. You know, but mentorship has definitely played a really big part. And I really feel like people should take pride in that. And mentorship doesn't have to, again, be traditionally, oh, I'm going to mentor this person in this. Oh, I know this. I'm going to give that. It could be experience and experience sharing, you know. And we can all be mentors, whether that's our siblings. You know, it's, 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 yeah, bro. I think that's the best way to kind of put it. Yeah, man, and I appreciate you sharing that experience. And in a sense, like you said, everyone can be a mentor. And in that moment, you were a mentor for Joseph. And this has led to many different things occurring in both your lives. And it's got us to this point here, which is really amazing. And we're so glad to have you on. And just for another thing to mention is that we know that you do some amazing charity work with the Let's Cook project. Um, we know that with some people, they have to work harder and to get to where they are. And things are very difficult. But can you just speak to what the project's about and tell us how you what you've done with it? No, definitely, bro. Um, so last summer, the Mayor's Fund for London, um, they decided they wanted to do this initiative where they would help young people in the borough, um, like cook, but they would cook um low cost sustainable meals that literally cost like three pound, and a lot of them were even vegan, you know, and it would teach kids and how to really get involved with the kitchen and give families that quality time to teach their children, you know, but then yeah. also just like it's picking up life skills. And so um with the Let's Cook project, it was literally like, yo, um, it was like a six week thing, it's got six different episodes. And we kind of taught kids, but oh sorry, my bad. What they also aimed to do was with the different videos we do every week, the um the project would send out like boxes of the ingredients to the children. So they'd send a box of ingredients. Okay. They'd send um the recipe and they just kind of mail it out and they saw they, they gave out like i think like twenty thousand boxes to kids in that six weeks um in that six weeks kind of and then there was like a further couple like there's a couple other numbers because they would then have projects at the different youth centers to kind of help people cook but it's like um yeah bro that's kind of what that project was about and um 
in regards to how we kind of the whole process behind it, like again, I feel like I was very human this thing because it's like even the production team, man. We like, you know, one of the guys that kind of like this guy has a a farrier, like this guy pays someone to clean his stables, and you know, but my man kind of came down to help put this together and to help kids and to help children take their mind away and ease their mind away from what's been going on and to give them that opportunity to again pick up skills that can go a long way to help them and so yeah man the Let's Cook project was amazing bro and it, it brought me to tears because um, I remember when we when they ended and I came back to uni and they released the report and how we were able to help all these different kids cook and all these kids were sending in pictures of them cooking the recipes that are you know, me and my, my sister were kind of teaching them. It's like, shit, man, that's passing it forward, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like... Um, that's real impact, man. Honestly, like, you're paying it you forward know. and you can see it because everyone's sending you those images. Everyone's sharing that experience with you. And it's, it's such an amazing thing, honestly. You get me. And yeah, man, literally, like, it was just... That was beautiful. Because again, like you kind of pointed out, bro, life comes to people differently. But it's about how can we utilise in the midst of adversity, how we utilize and what we have before me. So, yeah, man. Yeah, and, and similarly to what you just ended off saying, you know, life hasn't particularly been the easiest for you either. And you've had your own struggles to deal with a lot. Um, you'd mentioned, you know, coming back from the UK, from Ghana and stuff like that, and a lot of um, complications with your family. But you haven't just made your way in life and been like, okay, I've done great for myself. That in itself is an admirable thing. I'm going to stop now. This is where it ends for me because I'm happy with where I am. You thought, actually, no, I have made a good pathway for myself in life. And I am not content with that. I want to make a good way in life for others. And for so many people, they may not have had that drive and that, that passion to not just bring themselves up, but also to bring others. And I was just wanted to ask, because it's so amazing hearing you talk about these things, what drives you? That's an interesting question, bro. I feel like for me, it's like um, people tend to, when people take the, 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 the elevator up, they don't send it back down, bro. And I feel like that's crazy. And so it's like me, again, looking at different mentors, they kind of be like, yo, like when you get in the lift, make sure you send that back down, you know, because it's like, I just, for me, it's kind of, I've looked at it like, as a kid, like I was like, yeah, I want to help people. You know, all this, like, the anime protagonist that's just screaming and shouting <laughs> at stuff. <laughs> but it's kind of just been like, yo, bro, like, it's important that in your time on this planet, you're acting as a steward in the sense where you're helping to take care of stuff, but you're also helping to take care of your fellow men and show love. And so now the ambition behind that has been primarily fueled by love and the idea that love, I mean, life, sorry, Life is just, it's funny. Life is funny. Life is refining. Love is pain. Love is sorrow. Love, you know, life is, is laughter. It's smiles. And it's kind of like, you're all kind of on this journey. So how can I make it? How can we create platforms? How can we make things easier for those around us? Because like, I look at me and I'm like, yo, people, like, you know, like Manny said, paid it forward for me. And this is how I've kind of gone to where I am. And there's people, I, I just like, why can I not aid in that for other people? Because naturally, the way that life is, this is how life should be, man. And it's about having that picture of how we want our kids to operate. And that's kind of what motivates me, bro. You know, in the sense of, oh, you know, I don't, I, I would, I would want it to be a time where people are just doing it, not because of, oh, this is going to go towards a greater cause because that is how it has to be, you know. And that's kind of where 
that's what kind of drives me at the moment, bro, in playing terms. Yeah, that sounds great, man. And hopefully if people listen to this and can take anything away, you know, and use the, the words that we've spoken today to try and drive themselves and that would be our job well done. Even one person for one minute to make that change is just, that's what we're here to do and that's what we'd love to, to make happen. And I just wanted to have one last question for you before we close out, which is something that I've been thinking about is whether you should think local or think global in these pushing times and trying to make these movements should we or what are your views on whether it would be more impactful to invest within the community and i don't know focus on helping the brixton pound regain its power or should we think globally and intercontinentally with the nsars movement and the black lives matter movement which is more prevalent in many many countries what do you think about this this concept um, I feel like definitely now more than ever, there's a growing need for internationalism and looking at things outside of where we are. But I feel like it's important that we start locally, definitely, in my opinion, I feel like. But then in some ways, it's like we think locally to aid globally anyway. So for me, it's kind of like think human, bro. Um, I agree. I think, again, like for us at the tribe, it's like we no longer want to be subscribing to the binaries or one or the other. It can be both, you know, literally like um, we can think locally and we can be investing in local things that happen around us. Or we could be attending seminars. We could be attending, you know, workshops, all of these different things. And equally, if I see happening, something happening in Uruguay, I think, yo, this is mad. I'm going to share that, bro. If I see something happening in Poland, bro, I'm going to share that, bro. You know, like even um, there was a documentary about the, uh, the, 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 the travesty that took place, you know, in, in the Balkans, you know, in, um, and it was, it was centered in Serbia. And it was like, yo, this is a mad thing. I'm gonna share that. Because it's, again, it's a human thing, bro. Like, I'm not just gonna, like, I'm doing my stuff locally, yes, but on a global thing, there's a perspective I wanna connect and, and create that bridge, bro. So yeah, I'd say definitely, I'd say both, bro. I feel like, you know, it's up to you. Again, it comes down to your agency. How do you wanna operate? Do you want to go locally? Do you want to go globally? It's up to you because at the end of the day, we're all work, work, um, working towards, you know, completing the puzzle ultimately, you know. But that's what I'd say on it, bro. I think it's take your pick, man, <laughs> you know. But understand that you can equally do one to achieve the other anyway, you know. 100%. Like, I see that some local things have a byproduct on an international scale because people might take it that next step further and that might be the stepping stone to make it onto the global scale also. Uh, I'll be honest, Edward, Joseph may have lied to you because I actually have one more question, if you don't mind. Uh, what is course, the best man. thing to take from today's episode? After we've spoken about so many different things, what do you think, like, if you had to leave with one message at the very end, what would you want people to, what would you want to say to the people? Um, I'd say this. Um, a lot of the times, you and I feel like I've probably even done it in this episode, um, we'll often speak or we'll contribute or we express, and it will be like, oh, I'm sorry, or sorry for waffling, or sorry for taking long. I want people to understand that never, ever apologize for contributing, for your contribution, impossible. Because people say, people come and say stupid things all the time and they don't apologize. So why much more must you apologize for doing what you do for, this is your identity. They speak, like speak. And I feel like people should, you know, Take that end of good stride. Like whenever you're contributing, don't 
don't second guess yourself. Unfortunately, the way that society has made us feel as if, oh, we can't, oh, you know, I spoke to you long, or, oh, no, did I? like, no, you, you're making sense, man. You're making sense, so speak your mind. That's what I'd say, man. Cheers, man. I, I really appreciate that to close it off. It's such a brilliant message. And just as we come to a close, we want to say thank you again for joining us. I really enjoyed the conversation. And I know Joseph shares the same sentiment. It, it was amazing. And I, I really feel like I've learned a lot. And it's given me better perspective. And to be honest, I'll be straight up, man. You're actually a baller. Like the stuff that you've spoken about today, <laughs> I, I can really see like the impact that you're doing and the things that you do. And it's great to see people, and we're quite young, to be fair, and you're paying it forward in your way. And we can just hope that not only ourselves, but the people listening as well can see you as a role model as well, because we really appreciate you. And you could potentially be our mentor listening to this. So I want to say thank you. Um, and also, I just want to ask you really quickly, with the links to the stuff, is there anything in particular? I'll put all the links in the description of the Spotify uh, podcast but do you have any links that you want people to check out below you mentioned linktree earlier i just if you want to plug yourself there feel free to do so 100 percent, bro um and thank you man and i just quickly before i do like you guys are you guys are literally paying it forward like in this podcast and you guys giving experience and giving perspective you like people, i don't say like you underestimate the impact that they have and i just wanted to thank you guys for what you guys do you know. We appreciate it so appreciate much, that. man. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. Mutual, mutual beneficial for both of us to just bring things forward and hope that people can take a message and run with it, man. Absolutely run with it. 100%, man. You know, um, I guess, yeah, in terms of the link tree, I'd say literally, um, so if you can just check out our, our Instagram, there's a link tree there and it's got so many different resources and people can just get immersed in that. So if you head to the the TNA um, IG that's there. Um, the, the link trees in the bio, so people can check that. And there's so many different things that you can plug yourself with. And I think equally as well, um, if you want to check out my music, again, that's there. Um, please do. If you want to shoot me a message, please do. Like, I, I love talking about the sound, man. Um, and I think, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 some new adventures on the way bro awesome bro i can't wait i'll be watching i'll be watching <laughs> yeah and Ed, all the links that edwin mentioned we'll put them in the description below so you can click on them and it should send you straight there which is perfect so we hope you guys enjoyed as always uh we really enjoyed the episode and we're happy to have guests on and if anyone has suggestions of other guests feel free to dm us in the instagram at the official dmc podcast and this is the dmc signing off